episode of the Habs Forum, the Montreal Canadiens, finally turning things around. We just got uh, done watching the win over the Pittsburgh Penguins. They are now uh, one two in a row for the first time uh, since mid-November. They've won three of the last four after an eight-game losing streak. It feels great. So we're going to talk about the turnaround, what's leading the turnaround. Talk about a little bit. Last we haven't had a podcast last two weeks. We're going to go over that a little bit. There's been some injuries. There's been some call-ups, a goaltender sent down, which upset Dustin <laughs> while he was on vacation. Uh, you'll hear more about that soon. Ruined my whole vacation. <laughs> Ruined the whole vacation. Uh, and uh, as always, follow us on Twitter, at the Habs Forum. Uh, once again, we've got a couple questions today. We always appreciate that, so we'll get to those later. So let, let's get uh, right to it, Dustin. So like, when, we last, uh, when we last spoke to uh, the uh, Habs Forum audience... The Canadians had just one of the worst loss that I remember as a fan. Where, where they get six five against the Rangers, uh, that that horrible comeback, and then that was only at the time four losses in a row. They lost four more. If you I don't know if you remember, but we said a big win against yeah. Boston could really turn this around, and then they lost eight to one. Yeah, yeah, I, uh, definitely. I mean, uh, obviously, I mean, we won't, obviously won't get too much into it there. I mean, it happened uh, over two weeks ago now. But um, obviously, yeah, we thought that the Boston Bruins game could be a, sort of a turning point in the season, and they totally shit the bed. Totally shit the bed, and really, and then they kept losing after that, and really starting to feel like it was time to give up on the season. People were talking about making jokes about highlights for Lafreniere and all that, and it's with, with today's parody in the NHL, now all of a sudden... It, they're right back in the mix, right? After after the win today, you're looking at the standings, uh, they're still not in the playoff spot, but they're the, the first team out of the playoff spot. Oh, actually, they pass they pass Buffalo with this one, unless Buffalo's playing today. I'm not sure. They were. I think they they were actually winning. But yeah, they they're the, yeah they're winning they're they're winning right now. Let me just update this to see. But still, just point is, it looked like oh like they're gonna, but it just it's so close. And I was one of them. I was saying it like because it was one of the worst stretches I remember as a Habs fan. Honestly. Wait, definitely. I mean, uh, historically bad. And I mean, it wasn't just the fact that they were losing, but it was the fact the, the way that they were losing. Too. Exactly. It, you exactly. Know, it really really didn't seem to have the best effort. Um, and our defense was just a shit show, basically. Yeah. Um, I mean, and I, I do think, and I know you don't like criticizing goaltenders because you are a goaltender. But, I mean, the goaltending, Carey Price would be the first one to tell you. His play in, in, in the second half, especially, of, uh, of November was completely unacceptable. I mean, he, he must be so unhappy with because he won the Molson Cup for November. <laughs> That's true. And they really need to change how that works. <laughs> yeah, they really should. Because yeah. I'm sure he did not want that at all. No. Yeah. But, I mean, I don't... I, mean, I get it. it. Defense has been bad. It yes, wasn't. The it defense wasn't. has been bad. It was, but it's not like it's just the defense. I mean, goaltending no. needs to be better. No, no, too. definitely. I mean, goaltending does. It, it definitely does have to be better, especially when you're paying the goalie this much money, ten point five million. Yeah. I mean, he is the franchise player. So yes, I mean, he really hasn't let any bad goals that, I mean, that come to mind. Some bad goals, like bad, like really bad. Yeah, goals. yeah, sure, sure. But yes, I mean, he. You count on him to to stop. You know, as as many breakaways as possible. Stop those two on ones, and unfortunately, he just wasn't doing that. You know, so I mean, yes, he definitely does have to be better, and and luckily we have started to see a little bit more, a little bit better goaltending over the last couple of games, which is well. Let's talk about the big change that that started all this. <laughs> it's yeah, sending yeah. Keith Kincaid down. Yes. Now 
we we were we were on, we were just on vacation, which is why we didn't uh, have a podcast last week. We're in a beautiful resort in Punta Cana. We're enjoying the sun, having some free drinks and some free food. Well, we paid for the trip. It's already paid for. It's basically free. And then Dustin finds out Keith Kincaid got sent down. Now at this point in the day, Dustin had had a few drinks already, and oh boy, were you not happy with that decision? <laughs> I was a little intoxicated when we found out about it. But but that's when course, the truth comes out. I, I guess that's that, true. That's when the truth comes that's out. True. Well, I mean, first of all, you're sending Keith Kincaid down. Yes, I, d- I think he'll be the first to agree that he wasn't playing the best. Well, the reports are saying that he wanted more playing time. Yes. And apparently, well, I, I don't know if this was found to be true or not, but yeah, apparently he got sent down because he asked for more more, uh, more playing time, which I mean is absurd. A backup goalie should not really be asking for more playing time. Especially when you're the backup goalie for Carey Price. But the way I take it, like, we don't know the full details, and a lot of this is kind of like hearsay and rumors, but him asking for more playing time, is it not? Is that not him asking to be sent down? Well, like, I guess, when he signed to be Carey Price's backup, he had to know. Because my, my understanding of it is he didn't want more playing time because he felt he deserved it. Mm-hmm. He wanted more playing time because he felt he needed it to get out of a funk. Yeah, which is fair. I mean, I guess I guess that is sort of one way that you could look at him um, asking for more playing time is that he was asking to be to be sent down to the AHL. I don't think that's what he was. Well, not, not necessarily. What he was hoping for? Not but. necessarily. But was he like? I, do you really think he was that upset with being sent down after having asked for more playing time? I feel uh, like it's easier for management to kind of flip that and be like, yeah. "All right, you want more playing time? Go get more playing time there and show us what you can do." I mean, uh, who knows? I mean, who knows what was said behind closed doors. So, I mean, maybe he wasn't too upset about it either. Maybe he did just want to get more playing time. I doubt anyone wants to be sent down to the sure, NHL. Sure, of course. We all know but, the monetary like, impact. Well, well actually, not, no, he's not, not a one-way contract. Yeah. doesn't affect It's not going to change true. for him. That's true. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I think it's always it's never a good thing when you're sending a regular NHLer, especially a guy that you know we had relatively high hopes for, at least I did. Yeah, well, it, especially NHL. after how bad Niemi was last year. But he, statistically... Has been just as bad as Niemi. He hasn't yeah, looked he, he as hasn't, bad. He hasn't been very good. But statistically, you know, we have to be honest with it. You know. Well, I don't know. One thing that I think is well too is that if you're sending a guy like him down, and I, I don't know, maybe it doesn't really play into it too much, but if you're sending a guy that you signed to an NHL contract down to the AHL, I'm sure that might have. I mean, maybe some potential free agent targets are going to be second guessing. Signing with Montreal. At the end of the day, no one wants to sign in Montreal anyway. Well, this isn't going to help, though. Well, I guess so. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you made the point that you think that even Carl Alsner is a similar situation, yeah. but like these are these aren't players that were sent down for no good reason. You know, like Kincaid. If you look, if someone's like, if 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 a, if a fellow, if someone in the NHL was going to be UFA, he's like, oh my god, I can't believe they sent Keith Kincaid K down. He could just go look up his hockey DB and see that he has a 4.24 goals against average and a 8.75 save percentage in six games. Obviously this pretty year. bad. Obviously pretty bad. Pretty bad. It's yeah, atrocious. It's very, it's very bad. Like it's above crazy. four, like you don't play in the NHL. Yeah. No, it's true. It's you know, true. he wasn't very good. Um, I mean, it's probably true too that he didn't get too many games either. No, of course. Is... But he, if he was playing better, like the reason they signed someone like Kincaid who. In the last, in the two years prior to signing Montreal, played forty-one games in both both years. Like the reason they signed him, like that's half the season, is that they wanted Price to to, to be able yeah. to split more time, and they they wanted to play Keith and Kane more. And I'm sure yeah. when they signed him, they told him he would play more, but then he sh- showed up and shit the bed in every single game. 
Yeah, no, that's true. But I mean, the other side to this coin too is it is is bringing up Primo, which is also that's a whole upset. other thing. Yeah, that's a whole because well, we first heard about the Kincaid being sent down. I didn't think Primo was gonna, the one called up. Yeah, I, exactly. I, I thought Lindgren was going to be called up, and it it is what it is, just because what difference does it make? But leave Primo there. I I was surprised with that move too. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it, this he's a twenty year old goaltender just starting professional hockey he's, he's in you know his his first year obviously got off to a really great start yeah. but he was actually struggling the, f- yeah. the the last two even i think three starts that he had in laval weren't very good yeah and on the flip side of that lingren actually who started off pretty bad actually had two decent starts before primo got called up um, and obviously lingren i mean he has some experience in the nhl yeah, he's course. had some success in the nhl as well so I thought, even though I don't think Lingren, anyway, I think all of our listeners know how I feel about Lingren. Not very good. Obviously, he's not the future of the Canadians either. But I, I would be more comfortable bringing him up instead of having Primo now, who was playing at least a decent amount of games, playing at least once a week, sometimes twice a week in Laval, and now he's played one game in the last. No, but hold up, week. hold up. Here's the thing, though. He's played one game, but there's only. Now it's just two games in there where he's not playing, and we're playing again tomorrow against Ottawa. Yeah, you've got to think. Play to, yeah, he'll so probably play tomorrow. Then he's going to have played two out of four games. And my, my thing with Primo is I don't think. I would be shocked if they called him up thinking this was going to be permanent for the rest of the year. And he yeah. was starting to struggle, so maybe like we don't we don't know like the ins and outs mm-hmm. of why they made these decisions. The Canadians love to keep everything close to the uh, close to the chest. What if they just wanted to call him up? We have one of the best goalie coaches in the world in Montreal. Mm. Maybe they just wanted to call him up. They had two back-to-backs coming up. It's like, okay, let's give him a couple starts. Let's give him plenty of time with the goalie coach, with Carey Price, with just to maybe you know get some leadership, and maybe then he gets sent back to the AHL and he's he's learned. A little. I mean, that mm. could be all it is. Yeah. One, yeah. what bothered me more though, is yeah. playing him against Colorado, and then. Because because I, I feel like in that moment Claude Julien that decision was entirely team based which I understand like that's the coach's job like he he figured Colorado was a tough matchup we had been we we needed the the points against the Rangers uh, he said that's like more like in a playoff race it's more important to take it away from the Rangers which I get and we ended up beating the Rangers two one but then Colorado one of the best offenses in the league if not the best offenses in in, in the league and you play him there in his first start. Primo yeah. is from the the New York area. He's from New Jersey, right? Yeah, if I'm not Jersey. mistaken. So I mean, playing in New York could could have been great for him. So, I don't that that was a weird decision for me. That was a, that was the biggest question mark for me. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, it definitely does seem extremely weird. I mean, the first game in a back to back. I mean, like you said, yes. I mean, they, you know, I guess the the primary objective was to go get the points, but it definitely sort of seemed like they were throwing Caden Primo to the wolves. Here. Exactly. <laughs> I get going team first, but when it comes to a young player like Primo. Yeah. You kind of got to go a little bit with development yeah, exactly. first, right? Yeah, so it, like his first game going to be on the road. Like I said, if he would have played against the Rangers, I mean, he's from Voorhees, New Jersey, which you know, I mean, I'm assuming is not too far. It's <laughs> just a state yeah, over. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, so I mean that you know that could have been a good story as well. You're playing against the weaker of the two teams. Oh, 100, especially offensively. Yeah. There's no, there's especially no as a 20 year old. I mean, yeah. like, and and you saw during the game. I mean. He, Obviously he had a great game, be, yeah. but I mean, in the first period, he definitely looked super. I mean, yeah, I would say he. I wouldn't say he had a great. He had he had a solid game, but that game was lost yeah. in nets. I would say Colorado won the gold yeah, duel. Yeah, it was definitely. a very exciting game, action on both ends, and it, the the Canadians came back to come came close to coming back, but 
And they had their backup in, too. I, I forget what his... Uh, yeah, Pavel Francouz. Yeah, Francouz, yeah, exactly. Uh, he had a solid game, made an amazing f- save yeah. late in the game. While Primo had some rebound control issues on one of the goals. And it almost happened to him again, where he like, kind of went to, to freeze it, and then like he just kind of punched it forward or something. Yeah. It was kind of a weird... It's the type of thing my goalies when I'm playing NHL 20 do when I lose my mind. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, uh, so, so not... But, you know, it, it, that's what you want to see, like... Let him three goals in the first, but then the way he kind of responded after that, so it's fine. Like if he got if he got blown out, that would have been like horrible. Well, and that's the thing. I mean, that's sort of like it looked like it was going towards yeah. them too. They scored. Well, I think it was two in the second and one in the beginning. No, you're right. Or two but in the it, first and, and the third was at the beginning of the third or the second. Sorry, it was eight, eight minutes into the, into into the third, but it still seemed like they were dominating at, yeah. at first. Yeah, yeah definitely. I mean, the Canadians were not playing good. Uh, and then, I mean, luckily they were able to, to turn it on a little bit more in the second yeah. half, and nearly came came back there in the third. But uh, unfortunately, like you said, Frank Huth was was amazing. Yeah, really, yeah. really, really solid in the third. So that's why, like, at the end of the day, they won the goalie duel, right? So if Price is in net, maybe we win this game. Like, who knows? Like, it changes the whole dynamic yeah. of the game. Yeah, obviously, it's, it's tough to say. I mean, the Canadians were definitely playing a lot more defensive. In this yeah. game, knowing that the Primo was back there instead of Price, that's always like that. The team always yeah, plays differently exactly. when, and even just with how he controls the Price controls the puck behind the net and all that. Uh, but you know, it's good. Now I'm actually curious. I, I hope he's playing tomorrow. I mean, it, it's at home again. Uh, this time against Ottawa, it'd be I mean, like the perfect, exactly perfect time I mean, to play. I mean, Ottawa. Sure. I mean, we lost the last game against Ottawa, and the thing with Ottawa. As as weak as the roster is, they've caused a lot of issues to a lot of good teams this year. So they're not they're not just going to roll over and die. And they do have some solid firepower and some young mm-hmm. young players. Uh, but uh, I I really want to see how he can bounce because you're going to have jitters in the first game, obviously. Oh, for sure. Right. For sure. So I'm I'm really curious to see. He's had a full week uh, with the goalie coach Carey Price. So I hope it's him tomorrow. I'm, I can't wait to see how, how he performs tomorrow. Honestly. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully he does. He he does get the start. Um, definitely. He'll be, be his first game in the in the Bell Center. So it'll be interesting to see how he performs and against a divisional rival too. So uh, should be should be a good game. Hopefully he doesn't does end up getting the start. All right. So uh, let, let's talk about like, the to move on from. Uh... From Primo, which is like at this point, I think. Well, actually, we forgot to touch on it as far as the Kincaid decision. He allowed four goals, for four yeah. goals and eleven shots in his first start with uh, yeah. with Laval. So it's not like he showed up to Laval and uh, is tearing it up either. He did end up getting his first win, but it's because Lingard got injured, right? Yeah, Lingard got hurt. Uh, I think in like the first minute, if so, I'm not mistaken. But um, yeah, he w- was able to pick up his first win. So least. so it's 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 good. I mean, we'll see what happens going forward. But I don't think either of us thinks Primo. Spends that. No, I don't think you know, so. I don't think Primo. Is he gonna, should be back eventually. I'm sure he'll be back in Laval um, so, by the end of the year. Yeah, so I I, I feel the same way, and he's just getting some games, and hopefully get get his first win. Be great for the kid. Uh, the the other big news uh, since we've been gone actually, and happened in the game that Primo got his first start. Uh, we all know how much I love Kanyemi <laughs> if you listen to this podcast, and oh boy, that was that was a scary injury. Now. Definitely, really scary to see. I'm really bothered at how the majority of the media are like defending the fact that it, it wasn't a slew foot foot somehow. Like maybe I just don't understand at all. Like it was a dirty hit. It definitely was. I mean, it's, it's very dangerous. I mean, like you clearly see his leg take Kutkinyemi's leg for, from under him, flips it on on his head. Yeah. This could be like a really long-term serious injury for Kutkinemi. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like the, we, we, you never know with concussions, obviously. 
Yeah, I mean, just the way that he fell in his neck, too, like neck sideways, uh, d- definitely didn't look too pretty when it happened. And, I mean, when he was coming off the ice, it, yeah. like all, you said, it looked pretty scary. And all the reports were going through the tunnel. Like, they didn't show, show it on, on, uh, on the on the stream we were watching, but, uh, like, one of the – I think it was Eric Engels mentioned that, like, he, he was just head down, like, not holding his head up at all. I mean, not not a good look at all. I mean, Kutkinyemi was obviously already struggling, having not a great year uh, so far this year. So th- this season seems to just be a be a wash for the kid, right? We have no idea how how long it's going to be. They're definitely not going to rush him back. No, no, definitely. That's I mean, that's for sure. They're going to take their time with him, but uh, I think this is going to end up being a season he's just going to want to forget. Yeah, and unfortunately, it looks like he's having a bit of a sophomore slump, and obviously, this injury isn't going to help at all. Second injury of the but, year, uh, too, right? Like he just came back from it. From oh, yeah, the groin injury too. Yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, yeah, but, I mean, you never want to mess around with concussions, too. I mean. Yeah, you know, it's groin injuries. Uh, whatever. I mean, he'll bounce back from that. But, no, I mean, of course. When you're talking about a head in- head injury like this, especially one that looked as scary as that. Well, especially with everything that's going on with, uh, with Noah Juleson, who yeah, Noah Juleson doesn't still not sure what's going on with him. And it just I don't know. It's it's always you never know. I mean, if we could find out in a few weeks that it's 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 career ending, or he could be back. In three days, and yeah. be fine. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't, th- I don't think it's going to be career. I, I don't injury, want to be but... dramatic, but you never know with concussions. Is my point. And the, the the big issue with concussions, though, is every time you have one, mm-hmm. the next one. I mean, we just heard today that Andrew Shaw, former Hab, yeah. just got another concussion. And yeah. at this point, for him, you've got to think he's be, he's close to the end of the rope. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Which, I mean, which is uh, super sad with the way like we all loved Andrew Shaw in Montreal, obviously. But yeah. I, you know. Yeah, we were all sad to see him go, of course. But I mean, uh, yeah, looked. I think you know it was not a bad trade by Bergevin either. Sort no, of, sold, yeah, of course. You know, but uh, no. So I mean, it's really sad to see Andrew Shaw go down like that. Hopefully, he'll be able to bounce back. And I mean, hopefully, he steps away from hockey. Um, no, you know, yeah. Before it's too late. Yeah, you'd hope so. And then, so, so this adds. So on offense, we already had Dwayne Byron out, and they're still out for for a bit. Well, Byron's been skating on his own a bit, so maybe he'll yeah. be back sooner than uh, than later. But he wasn't having the the greatest year either. And Mete also got hurt. So like the injury bug really like Canadians got really lucky early in the year. Kachinami's really the only one with that groin injury that missed some time. Yeah. Now it's really ca- catching up to the Canadians. And they've, they've, they've turned it around recently since, but like the, the strength of the Canadians early on is the depth. So, so we still have that depth, especially on offense. But at the same time, it's not like... We, the depth helps when everyone's healthy because you can just roll four lines. But now, fourth line today was Nate Thompson, Riley Barber, and Matthew Pekka. Yeah, obviously not a fourth line that's going to put uh, too much fear into the opponent's heart. Pekka but... looked like he got hurt at the end of the game, too. Yeah. Well, yeah, Malkin you... like, climbed on his back. Yeah, that was a weird one. Yeah. Um, that, yeah, that could definitely be... I mean, we don't know yet, but I mean, definitely could be a bad injury. Like the way that he fell on his... Which would be unfortunate, because I've really yeah. liked Pekka since he's... I mean, yeah, way better than Hudon. No doubt oh, about yeah. that. Hudon, uh, uh, it's got to be over for right. him. <laughs> you you, you got to think it's over. I mean, uh, I'll, I'll put up Twitter to see if there's any news on, on Pekka. But, I mean, you, you at this point, even losing a guy like Pekka would, could hurt the Canadians. I mean... We gotta we gotta stop losing these players. Like all of a su- all of a sudden, it just keeps yeah, it's just piling up. Oh, a lot of guys called up. Obviously, lately, I mean, we already talked about Primo Riley Barber. Of course, was just called up. Uh, he had his first game tonight. Had a couple of shots. I mean, it, he he had to finish the game with three. I think even maybe four shots tonight. So not a bad game for him. Uh, playing in front of his home, uh, well, well, playing in front of his family there, family and friends. Uh, I mean, who's, you know, at this, at this point, I mean, maybe they'll have to call someone else up. Obviously, Otto Liskinen got uh, got called up the same time as Primo. 
had his first game in Colorado as well. I thought he's looked pretty decent so far. Um, hasn't hasn't played a, a ton of minutes either. Obviously, Sherratt, Petrie, and Weber are carrying the minutes well, for them. Sherratt has been really impressive to yeah. me. Like early in the year, Sherratt, we weren't loving him. He was seeming like he was kind of almost a downgrade from Jamie Ben. Yeah. But he's like, even offensively, he's shown like that he can he can take some good shots and all that. But today, he played by far the most minutes for the for the fenceman. Twenty five minutes, uh, forty two seconds uh, from, from what I can see here, and eight hits. Well, all the the hitting stats in Pittsburgh are absurd. It, the The final numbers are sixty seven hits for the Canadians and fifty three for the Penguins. That's ridiculous. It's absurd. That's not what really happened. Like they, they, I hate how hits are so inconsistent from arena to arena. But I, even if you cut eight and a half, four hits is pretty good. Yeah, it's still but pretty good. He, Shira, and there was a few games ago that he had the most game, minutes played in his career. And then the next game, he had even more minutes than that, and it was back to back. Like he's really stepping it up with the injuries, and he's kind of like blossoming into a better player. He's turning into a great acquisition by Bergerman. Yeah, definitely. I mean, like you said, he he didn't look too good at the beginning of the season. Um, you know, there was a, a little bit of a cause for concern, but I mean, the way that he's playing now, it just seems the more that he plays, the better he plays. So exactly, I th- I feel like he's like adapting to the system well, and and maybe even it's, it's our coaching staff adapting to him better and using him in the right situations. He's he's playing minutes with. Shea Weber, which will help anybody. Uh, obviously, Weber, who's been absolutely on fire. Yeah, it's been a beast too. Arguably, since playing minutes with Sherratt ne- next That's to him. That's true. Yeah. Not, to, not to take anything from Mete away, but Mete, we, we, we love him, obviously. We hope he can come back from injury soon, but obviously, if you're Shea Weber and you're playing with the young Mete, you're going to be th- worried about, like, you're going to be pl- maybe safer, you know, not taking as many chances. And today, he had that Shea Weber sort of wraparound goal today. <laughs> Like, I couldn't I believe I, it when I, I saw it was I think in. I'd ever see that. Shea Weber score a wraparound goal. Yeah, like, even the goaltender, he, he couldn't believe it, so he wasn't ready. Yeah, you know? it was ridiculous. But, yeah. Um, yeah, no, he's definitely playing his best hockey, at least of the season. Oh, for sure. I mean, both of them. Um, so, I mean, who would have thought that, that pairing was going to work? Um, I know I did. <laughs> Sherrod <laughs> Weber. But, uh, I mean, they're playing great. They're playing great, and I mean, the more they're, they're the more they play. I mean, I don't think it's realistic to expect them to continue to play 25, 30 minutes a game for the rest of the season. But I mean, especially Shea Weber. I mean, Sherrod doesn't have, I mean, probably Sherrod either, but uh, he doesn't have the same mileage as uh, Shea no, Weber, right? No, He's twenty eight yeah, versus 28. Shea Weber's thirty four. But um, yeah, I mean, hopefully once Mete comes back, I mean, you know, he'll be able to maybe probably slot into that second pairing. Along with Which Petri. might be a better spot for for him to be. I've, right? Yeah, I've always thought Mitri, uh, Mete has probably played his best hockey with Petrie. Yeah. So I don't think that's a bad thing. And then on the third pairing, I mean, you know, they're not going to play a whole lot of minutes. But if we keep rolling with Leskin and Flurry, I think that's a pretty decent third pairing with two young guys that have a lot of have some, have some pretty high potential. And what I've really liked about this, uh, the kind of them digging themselves out of the rut they were in with the A-game a losing streak is it's really the veterans stepping up. If you look at the last... So it's eight games since... Uh, I just I just put like the stats since the last eight games because now they're 3-4-1 and one versus like they were in the middle of an eight-game losing streak before. And you look, it's really Gallagher, Dano, and Tatar, their line, killing it. I mean, Gallagher with today got a goal and an assist. So he's at five goals and three assists in eight games. And Shea Weber, he he's got now seven points in uh, in eight games. Or wait, how many points did he get today? After that, he got six or seven points. I mean, like, and then you got the the Philip Dano's there with the, he's producing two into like just 
the, the leaders that we need to step up are stepping up. So it's 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 great to see. That's what we need when we have injuries. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like I mean, that's that's what you need to see. I mean, especially when you have guys that that you would hope would produce sort of guys like Mete, Drouin, Byron, obviously now Kudkiniemi. Um, I mean, yes, like you said, I mean, we're having the big guys step up. There are still some guys that uh, you'd like to see a little bit more from, like the Max Domi's of the world. I mean, Max Domi, really, it's... I'm know. getting almost worried that last year's Max Domi was the anomaly. I mean, I don't... Like, he's not having that bad of... I mean, he's he's definitely not hitting the expectations that we had based on last season, but I don't think he's necessarily playing that bad either. But, but he, he seems to be trying to do too much. I think that's what it is. All the time. And, and like, it maybe it doesn't help that the line shuffling constantly and, and when Dwayne's back, I mean, they have to have a more of the playmaker to play with him. But at this point, he's got 18 more points in 30 games. I mean, that's far off the 72 points in 82 games he got last no, year. No, of course, yeah. of course. I mean, yeah, I don't think he was ever going to hit the season that he had last season. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you're still expecting him to get more than, than what he has so far. But, I mean, I think it's, you know, they're, they're real, realistically, it's going to be somewhere between the two. Hopefully, you know, if he can may, maybe finish the year with 60, 65 points, that yeah, would be not, too He's bad. not on pace for that right he's now. He's definitely like, not, he on point, not on pace for that. He might not hit 50 at this point. But, I mean, like, like you said, he's. I think at this point, he's trying to do a little bit too much. And I think once he does, I mean, eventually, he's going to break out of this. you got to figure. And yeah, I think I mean, he's he definitely does, putting the effort out there. It's exactly. not. It's not like last year when you'd see Dwayne going through slumps. Mm-hmm. He just kind of seemed like he was like, "Oh shucks," yeah. and then he'd kind of give up on plays. D- Domi's not really. No. I mean, no. today, I mean, in, on the RDS broadcast and in, in the second intermission, they pointed out like a bad change and things like that. But like, he's still trying to create offense. He's trying to produce. He, he, he's not giving up on plays in in that sense. But I think uh, once once you better. see him score. You know, a couple of goals. I think you know once he busts out of this slump, I think he'll start to hit his stride again. Yeah, you you got to hope so because, like I just mentioned, this them the Canadians as a team coming out of this slump on offense, it's been entirely carried by uh, the the, the yeah, first, first line, line. And, and Armia, who's had four goals too. Yeah, so that's he, true. he 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 kind of seems to be going on. Either he's scoring in bunches or he's not scoring at all. He's got he's kind of like just fluctuating between mm-hmm. those two. Uh, but aside from that, it's been nothing else. If you have a game where like teams, if it's gonna stay like this, teams are gonna figure it out. If they shut down, like you gotta think, Danu Gallagher and Tatar. If a team wants really to shut them down, you know, if yeah. if, if they have yeah, a good, I mean, defense if you can shut team, down that line, exactly, then yeah, you're in trouble. Th- then you're in trouble, right? So, because we we need Domi. Maybe put Domi with Suzuki together because I know they they're they're playing uh, both at center right now. But because now today Suzuki's playing with Jordan Wheel and. And Nick Cousins, and as much as Suzuki's been great this year, yeah, is that line really going to produce great. that much? You know, no, no, yeah, and I, I mean, I think they've they had the little that they've played together, they have had had some success. Mm-hmm. So I think, yeah, that, that'd probably be a good pairing. And I mean, you know, if you, if you put them with Armia on the uh, on the second line, that's not a bad second line. See, Hopefully, the, you can get a little bit of scoring. Obviously, now the problem there is if you do that, then you have a old school third line, like you're just making a grinder line. Yeah, that's true. I mean, you basically, know. you're putting all your eggs in the same basket. But the top two lines. But maybe with the reality of the injuries, like if you don't want to split up the top line, which I mean, they've been carrying the team, so logically, you don't really want to do that. But then, like, what's the point? Because there's not enough enough off. Because when you have Dwayne and you have Byron and you have uh, you have Kutkinyami, you have enough enough off off offensive options outside of the top line to make all the other lines have some offensive mm-hmm. upside. But now, if you just have one player per line, 
can't do everything on his own. You have the situation like Domi trying to decal a whole team. Yeah, no, exactly. You're better off just making a top first line, second line, like kind of like classic uh, combinations like we used to see. Yeah, I think that's what uh, I think that's what they got to do. And then you know, if, if you're rolling with a third line of you know like Cousins, Wheel, and Lekkinen, I mean, so so be it. Yeah. Hopefully, they can chip in every once in a while. But um, yeah, I, I think you know the Canadians got to put. Yeah, the the at least at this point, I mean, with all the injuries they have, put the offensive players with the offensive players and and let them play. And uh, now this is uh the to look look ahead of the couple games coming up. So it's really the easiest short stretch we have. Like this week is probably the easiest week of the month, even though it's a back to back. Pittsburgh today, tomorrow, back home against Ottawa. I mean, when you go from being in Pittsburgh to being at home, it's barely a home game really because you're still traveling. Yeah. Uh, on on the back to back days, but still against Ottawa, you gotta think they're gonna they gotta win that, especially since they dropped the points against Ottawa the last game, and then we're at home, at home against on Saturday against Detroit. But then it's that crazy like double road trip they're going on. So it's the they're ending the month of December on an insane road trip. It's at Vancouver, at Calgary, at Edmonton, at Winnipeg. So that West Coast trip, which I feel like they never do that great at, and then the classic holiday uh, Florida trip. At Tampa Bay, at Florida, at Carolina. That's just that's what is, what is that? That's seven road games in a row, and not all tough games. Exactly. <laughs> like there's not an easy game there. Like the the the, the West Coast. Even when the, the the Western Canadian teams were bad, the Canadians were still struggle. But none of the none of the teams on the West were really bad this year. You know, Winnipeg's performing better than we thought with the with the uh, the the, in, the holdouts that they have and on all that Edmonton. Drysaddle and McDavid are destroying the league right now. I mean, Calgary's probably the team struggling the most. Vancouver's got a fun young team. I mean, this is not an easy stretch. So these next two games against Ottawa and Detroit, they're must-win games because there could be a another like that could be like a two and five stretch easily. Oh, definitely. I mean, it's going to be two obviously important games this week against two teams that they definitely should beat. Mm-hmm. I mean, Ottawa, Ottawa. I mean, like you said, they've they've caused. Some good teams, tough. You know they've given them tough games all this all this season. But I mean Detroit, they have to beat Detroit. <laughs> I mean Detroit's trying to lose. I mean they're doing yeah, a great job. They're o nine and one. Job. They're o nine and one in the last ten. Okay, I mean, but like Ottawa is obviously more formidable than yeah. than Detroit. But but we know how the Habs have played so far this season yeah, against yeah. bad teams. <laughs> but uh, I mean it will be interesting to see. Assuming Primo plays tomorrow, like I don't know. You... Yeah, you got to figure he will. Um, and then I mean. Presumably, Price will play against Detroit, uh, and then uh, I sort of feel at that point probably they're going to send Primo back. Yeah, that that I'm that's that, that's my feeling too. Uh, you you'd think so. I mean, maybe it depends on how Kincaid yeah. performs. Yeah, maybe it in the next few games. Um, well, I mean, the Rocket. Uh, well, they just won tonight. Uh, well, it was Lingren and Nets though, but uh, first game back from injury, so maybe they call back. Maybe they call Lingren up. We'll see. We'll see exactly what they end up doing. But um, yeah, I mean, t- definitely two two games that they really have to win. Like you said, it's going to be a tough stretch, a tough two two and a half weeks or, or whatever, even three weeks almost. Yeah. Uh, for the rest of the year, so I mean, they always have a tough time out west. They always have a tough time during the Christmas uh, Christmas stretch. So I mean, you know, they need two wins here and then. Those two, uh, the, the the next seven road games, it was basically going to be, you know, they're, they're sort of playing their season at that yeah. point. I mean, Hopefully they can stay 500. I mean, the idea of even talking about the Canadians potentially making the playoffs after an eight-game losing streak is is, is is crazy since they were a bubble team to, to begin with. But 
I mean, th- this is what's going to be because we before like a couple weeks ago we were already talking about this Christmas stretch and how rough it's going to be. That eight-game losing streak was against a lot of teams they should have won against, right? So the only way that they can kind of like bounce back from that eight-game losing streak, because where they lost a lot of games they should have won, is by winning games they should lose. Like looking at the schedule before the end of the year, no one expected the Canadians to do well in the upcoming stretch over Christmas. Mm-hmm. But they can't afford to, 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 to not do well now with the stretch it just had. No, no, exactly. But, um, yeah, I mean, if, if they can do well, though, I mean, it's, it could definitely be a season-defining sort of, of course. road trip. It, it could help them kind of, like, bounce back. And like the people have said also that road trips can be great for, like, team bonding and things like yeah. that. I, I can't imagine it's, it's too easy during the holidays. I mean, to be fair, there is a four-day stretch where they don't have any games because of the, 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 the short Christmas break yeah. from the 24th to the 27th. So, I mean, the players are going to go home for, for that time. So there's no back-to-backs during the road trip. So as far as a seven-game road trip goes, I mean, I guess it could be worse. Uh, but, uh, I mean, uh, it's going to be rough. We'll see what it is. But, I mean, they these next two games, absolute must-wins. I mean, they already lost the last game against Ottawa. Uh, if I'm, if I'm, like they lost yeah. during this stretch, right? Yeah, two one in overtime against Ottawa. Oh yeah, I remember that game. Yeah, on uh, I think Matthew Kachuk scored in overtime, right? And uh, then Detroit on Saturday. That's if they lose against Detroit on Saturday, just honestly, just trade everyone, just rebuild. It's over. There's they don't deserve to make the playoffs. <laughs> Not dramatic at all. No, like after two <laughs> days off, and then pricing that probably on a Saturday at home against. One of the historically bad teams. They are on pace to be a historically bad team. Yeah, they're pretty bad. They're, I think seven and twenty-one. Yeah, it's uh, so it's pretty awful. Yeah. Pretty so bad. pretty bad. It would be an unacceptable loss. No, definitely. It would definitely be a terrible loss. But uh, yeah, I think I think they end up winning these two games. I mean, especially the way that they've played the last uh, the last, Well, I mean, the last two wins. Yeah, yeah. Great. Well, like I said, even three, over the last three out of four, four games, three really. out of four. Yeah. yeah. Last four games, they yeah. looked pretty good, especially tonight. I mean, the win against the Penguins, they they played really well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, against a good Penguins team, they they allowed the, the first. Penguins are goal. struggling with injuries a little bit yeah. right now, but but still, it's not like they're they're losing every game. Like they're still beating teams, right? They're in the playoffs spot right now, so that's it's very very good. One of the better performances recently. They definitely seem to have turned it around, or at least the first line has. Yeah. And Shea Weber, <laughs> and Shea Weber. Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, I think uh, you know if they can get the good two 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 wins here against Ottawa and, and uh, Detroit, you know they have four game winning streak heading into the uh, into the tough stretch. All right, well, we'll see what uh, what happens then. But I'm not uh, I'm not too hopeful if I'm being honest. So uh, let's move to the the Twitter questions now. Yeah. So uh, all right. So the questions that we got here. So uh, okay, first of all, we got from Will. Um, so at O underscore Habs. Hey guys, given the recent skid, many in the fan base, including myself, now have low confidence for this team going into each game. Even though they have had wins since, what more can they do to prove us wrong? I mean, I think, you know, basically, each, even if they do lose, I mean, it's it's a team, obviously, they're dealing with injuries now. They're, they're, they've never been the most talented team um, heading into the season, but I mean, I think you just want to see the consistent effort, yeah. and I mean that's not something that we were seeing on a consistent basis when they were in that eight-game losing streak. I mean, at least now, even I would say the last two games of their losing streak, and now obviously winning three out of four, we're starting to see them put in much more effort. They look a lot more organized defensively. Obviously, the play carry price is going to be huge. That, that, that's where I was going to go. Like, the only w- way I'm going to be confident in this team. 
is if Carey Price plays like Carey Price needs to play, right? That's that's the only way that this team is going to go anywhere moving forward. Price needs to be a top five goaltender in the yeah, NHL. Definitely, like, I mean, to like, have any chance. But for, that that was true at the beginning of the year, and it's just equally as true now. Like it, Price has to be phenomenal moving forward, especially on this this road trip. And he's turning around lately, right? Because it's two goals against the Islanders, uh, one goal against the Rangers, and one goal today against Pittsburgh. All right, let's keep it up, Kerry. Yeah, that's what you want to see from him. Um, so, I mean, I think, you know, if they're always going to be a fringe playoff team. They're never going to be a top team, um, you know, heading into the season. So, I mean, if, if they can get some good goaltending, play solid defensively, and hopefully get some scoring even despite the injuries, I think they'll – they'll be in a good place at least to and hopefully like, And like we already touched on, if Max Domi can step it up. Yeah, hopefully hopefully he can bust out of the streak. Yeah, and I don't think any either of us is worried about the, that top line. They're going to no. keep being consistent and producing at the pace that they produce. And like Gallagher never quits. Tatar's having a great year. He's calmed down on the two-minute penalties. And Dano has turned into a phenomenal two-way center. But then it just kind of dies after that, right? There's nothing else. Max Domi was a, a game-changer last year because we still had that top, top line producing as much as it did, but then our top scorer in Max Domi was on a different line. Yeah. That, that made a huge difference. We don't have that right now this year. No, exactly. I mean, uh, you know, it's, it definitely hurt I me. Mean, he was probably our best player last season, and he's, I mean, not invisible. I mean, he's still playing playing well. He had, he's, he's put up some points, yeah. but obviously not, not what we were expecting. So, I mean, you're hoping to get a little bit more secondary secondary scoring, not just the first-line Army and, and Weber producing. But, um, you know, if, if they can continue the effort that they've put through the last five, four, five, six games, I think we're on the right track. And I think, you know, they'll they'll hopefully continue to be, you know, around that, the playoff bubble. Yeah, and, and really this this seven-game road trip, if they if they come out of that over 500, I'll have renewed confidence. Oh, definitely. At that point. Because that would be, a, like, that's a gut check moment. That would be, that, that, that could be kind of season-defining if they do that. Yeah, I mean, I think regardless, this the the next well, once they hit the road trip, it's it's going to be there. They're playing their season right. Yeah, there. exactly, exactly. Um, after that, moving on, so we have Kevin Rogers. So at ka rogers seventy seven, he gave us two questions. So the first, I see that Byron skated some the other day. When he is healthy, where do you think he fits best in the lineup? I mean, I think the third line. Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean. I mean I, because, like, Byron coming back, it doesn't add that depth of scoring. So it could make that third line at least have something. There. Well, exactly, yeah. I mean, I think it, at this point the third line, uh, well, again, we, we had talked about moving Suzuki, Domi, and, uh, and Armia together on the second line. I mean, at this point, the third – what is even the third line? The third line right now is like – Today was Cousins, Suzuki, and uh, Wheel. And Wheel, yeah. So who plays center then? I guess Cousins and Wheel, they kind of take face off sometimes as – you, yeah, I mean they the, they both two. can play center. Yeah. Um, I mean they're both pretty versatile. I mean I don't think Bi- I think Byron will be on the wing. I well, think of course, yeah. probably I'd probably go with Cousins. Cousin I think is probably the best centerman. Then you have Wheel and Byron as the wingers. I mean obviously it's not an ideal third line. Of course not. It's I mean it is at least a defensive defensively responsible third line, and I think it's a line that can you know produce at least a little bit and at least with Byron if he can come back and have a find the, the the really breakneck speed that we've known him to have the, the previous few seasons that we didn't see much of it this year the, the great thing about that speed is he never really need the reason why he'd get 
shorthanded goals is that he can he was able to create for himself. Yeah. So that have you can have him on a line. That's why he would play on the fourth line and get like breakaways and things like that. So you can have him on a more defensive line, and then if he can come back and be the Byron we used to love, then he'll still be able to get those opportunities uh, regardless. So if he can be that Byron, then it would be perfect on the third line. He would be what would create some offense. If he's not that Byron, then who knows? Because early in the year, he, I mean, he he was barely yeah he useful. Was, yeah, he was obviously pretty invisible at the beginning of this season. Um, I mean, maybe you know, I mean, even before he went down, um, you know, with the, with the surgery, we had kind of discussed that maybe he was dealing with an injury, and maybe yeah. that that is what the issue yeah. was. So I mean, if he can come back at a hundred percent, Wheel and Byron together, that's a pretty fast line. That's, uh, uh, that, that's a fast that pair, of, uh, pair of yeah. wingers. So, I mean, I think that's, that could be a decent third line. I mean, it's more ideally a fourth line, but, yeah. I mean, it's a, I think it's a line that could uh, that could definitely produce a little bit. Yeah. Um, then the second question, uh, so hear a lot of hype on Vedemo, uh, but he's not called up. Is he purely a center, and uh, and is that why? Um, so, yeah, Vedemo, I don't think he's played – at all with the rock maybe a couple of games on the wing um, but yes he he plays all the time on center he he has pr- produced some this year i think he has 16 points or 14 points i think in like 25 games or something something to that effect but and he did have uh, if i'm not mistaken a six game uh, point streak a, a couple of weeks ago yeah 16 and 27 in 27 yeah he's he's definitely not a guy that's going to score a whole lot um you know. So then maybe would you not want to call him up in the scenario where we're talking about where we move Domi to the wing to play center, and then you have Thompson maybe playing as a third-line center? You could potentially do that. I mean, I think, you know, he's he's especially at the NHL level, he's not going to offer you a whole lot of offense. Um, I think he's a really good shutdown sort of guy. Definitely could offer some really good minutes on the PK, uh, which he's shown. I mean, he's basically one of the top PK players for the Rocket. Um, and the Rockets' PK has been extraordinary. Um, I mean, he, basically, he reminds me a lot of um, Jacob De La Rose, where obviously limited offensive potential can be a really good defensive player, um, mostly a center. You're not getting a lot of fans excited. No, with, uh, I know. Jacob De La Rose. I love Vademo. Vademo is one of my favorite player favorite players on the Rocket, but um, I mean, he just doesn't have the offensive but potential. That's a good point that you, that that you make there about how the Rocket has a. Like a crazy phenomenal PK, and the Habs obviously have struggled with that. Do you think he could come in and help the the PK in Montreal? I think he definitely could. I mean, especially you know, I I don't know how much really Riley Barber is going to be helping us. So I think Vademo could potentially play the fourth line center. I mean, if you want to move Thompson up to the third, obviously Thompson uh, doesn't offer a lot of offensive yeah. uh, potential I mean, either. Yeah, that beautiful dig the other day, but he couldn't finish on it. No, that's though. true. But, uh, yeah, I think Vademo could definitely help the PK. I mean, I don't mind them calling up Riley Barber for this call-up because he's kind of earned it. Oh, he definitely so, has. So, so I, I, and I do think that it's important to kind of like... Yeah, reward exactly. reward players that are playing well. Exactly. And, 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 and it, it keeps... Because I'm sure when people in Laval... Like, for example, a lot of people are probably wondering, what about Ryan Paling, who's not having a great year in Laval at all? No. I, I can't imagine Paling seeing Riley Barber being called up can be upset. Because he's like, yeah, fair enough. Barber has been the best player on the team, and he's killing it. No, he's he's definitely been killing it. I think he before the call up had something like sixteen points in twelve games, so he's definitely been on fire as of late. Definitely deserved the call up. 
didn't look too bad tonight. I mean, like I said, he had a couple of couple of shots, couple of opportunities. He does give the vibe of a career AHLer, though that that will be solid in the AHL. Can be called up here and there, but he, I don't think he'll ever uh, yeah. like get us. Whereas Van Vendemo could end up being kind of like a fourth line shutdown guy, yeah, sort of a Dilla Rose type yeah. guy. Um, I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing Barber play play the next two games. Um, you know, against two lesser teams. Yeah, Ottawa, you got to give him a, a, some time to like. Yeah. Yeah. Give him the three games. See what uh, see what he can do against those two games uh, against those two teams. See if he can get any scoring going. But I mean, I think Vademo definitely at some point this season will be called up by the Canadians. Yeah. Um, I mean, Jake Evans has been a guy that's really turned it on as of late too. So I wouldn't be too surprised to see him maybe as the next call up. Um, but I mean, the next column it'll definitely be between them two. Yeah, you think you're okay? Yeah. Well, you, would you would you call up Benemo over uh, over over Evans or? Uh, Evans has really been turning it on. I mean, Evans definitely has more offensive yeah. potential. I guess it depends on what you need. Yeah, yeah. exactly, yeah. exactly. But um, yeah, either either war could be could could definitely. I mean, well, there is Belzil too. I just came back from an injury, but uh, Belzil. I mean, it hasn't really but been too much lately. Belzil, yeah, he started strong, but kind of like tapered off. Yeah, well, I mean, he had the he just coming off the injury too, so I mean, that obviously doesn't help. But I mean, the Rocket have been performing pretty well. Just one tonight, so that's oh, great. So Rock, so it's a big win for the uh, Canadians organization. And uh, so, is that all for the Twitter questions? Then? Uh, yeah, th- those were the questions. Um, so I mean, the Rocket too. Uh, if want to move on to the Rocket, they've won three of the last four. Um, I mean, they're looking good. They would the on Sunday had a huge comeback win uh, against the Springfield Thunderbirds where they were down two goals in the third period. Uh, they ended up coming back to win. Um, nice to see Charlie Lindgren back as well. He got hurt um, last week, so great to see him back. He, he's actually the winning goaltender tonight. Uh, so they've they've been playing pretty well. They're in a playoff spot right now. So has has Kincaid started since allowing four goals on? Because I know he played in that game that he got hurt, but has he started? Is uh, uh, I think he started against Springfield, if I'm not mistaken. Obviously, haven't really been paying t- too much attention to the games as we were in Punta Cana. But um, you gotta get your priorities straight. <laughs> Come on. But uh, uh, I think he played in the loss, or I'm sorry, in the win to uh, to uh, against Springfield, if I'm not mistaken. So um, I mean. You know, hopefully they can keep it up three out of four. I mean, even despite you know all the call ups and even the injuries that they've been dealing with, they've uh, they've looked pretty good so far. I mean, they they are in the in the playoff spot right now, which is good to see. Yeah, I mean, some of the teams that they're battling with uh, have a couple of games in hand, unfortunately. I but. feel like it was the same thing last year with the Rocket. The whole season, they had played more games than the other teams. Uh, I hate that. Yeah. It's frustrating. <laughs> it is pretty. The Americans have played twenty three games. The Rocket have played twenty eight. Uh, yeah, that is a pretty big discrepancy. It's a huge like the top two teams in in the division. They are the Marlies and the Americans, and they play twenty four and twenty three games. What's going on? Why did the Rocket have twenty eight? No one else has twenty eight. No one else. No one else in the league. So anyway, we're playing the Rock or uh, the Americans twice this week on Friday and Saturday. Those are going to be two tough games, of course. Playing the top team in the division, but uh, they're looking pretty good. Uh, one news of note: uh, they got rid of David Sklenichka. So uh, I mean, I don't think that's too much surprise. I say had a lot of left left-handed defensemen in, with the Rocket that were better than Sklenichka. He wasn't playing at all, and I'm assuming he asked to be sent back to uh, to the Czech Republic. So mutual termination of the contract between the Habs and uh, Sklenichka. All right. So who cares? Honestly, I mean, goodbye. Enjoy <laughs> enjoy playing in the in the Czech Republic. I'm sure he's happy to be uh, back home. And uh, aside from that, there's been some good prospect news finally. 
Yeah, good news for the prospects. I mean, uh, so I mean, we sort of have the preliminary ro- preliminary rosters coming up for the World Juniors. Um, so obviously for the Americans, no surprise, Cole Caulfield, uh, Jordan Harris yeah. as well, the defenseman, a third rounder from 2017. So Cole Caulfield's obviously a lock. I mean, scored obviously. two goals recently, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, which is good to see because actually hadn't scored in uh, in a bit. But uh, Jordan Harris, Jordan Harris, are we confident in him making the team? Is is he kind of a bubble player at this point? Uh, I mean, he's definitely not a lock. Um, I, I'm I'm pretty confident about him getting picked. I mean, he's very he's playing great so far this season. Um, I mean, he played great last year as well, I and mean, he's uh, one of the top two defensemen for his team, Northeastern. Um, so I mean, he he should definitely make the team. He's sort of a new age defenseman, two way defenseman. Um, one guy that I think Pabs fans were a little disappointed didn't get picked, and I mean I. Wasn't too surprised, but second rounder from last year, Jaden Struble, um, who's turned turned it on a little bit as of late this season. But but he's had a rough year overall, hasn't he? He didn't start off too well, um, but I mean, he has uh, has looked a little bit better uh, playing with the same team, Northeastern, um, this year. So I mean, hopefully he can keep it up. But I mean, not not a huge surprise. Hopefully he'll be able to make the team next season. Um, aside from that, from Obviously, from Russia, we have Romanov. That's no surprise. Yeah, he's, a, he's an absolute lock. Absolutely sure. lock. He was defenseman of the tournament last year. And then finally for Sweden, we have uh, Matthias Norlinder, of course, third rounder from uh, from this year, from 20, uh, 2019. 20, yeah, 2019. <laughs> uh, and uh, and Jacob Olofsson, a second rounder from last year, 2018. So, so Norlinder, I really hope he, he cracks a team. He's been really impressive yeah, uh, so you, far this year, yeah. you'd love to see him in the international tournament. Yeah, sure. definitely. Both of them, uh, both Olofsson and Norlander, should definitely make the team. Um, having really good years, especially Olofsson as as late as of late has looked really good. Um, Norlander is obviously t- began the season on a on a crazy tear, slowed down a little bit, but I mean he's def- definitely still playing really well. I mentioned Jordan Harris before, and it was third round in, in 2018, not 2017. But, um, yeah, I mean, so it's definitely exciting. I remember, I remember, like, a few years ago, we'd be super excited when there was one or two Habs yeah. prospects at best uh, playing in the World Juniors. And, and not five. only that, like, Romanov, defenseman of the tournament last year, so you're going to go into this being one of the top players for Russia. And Cole Confley, you got to expect, is going to be one of the top offensive weapons for, for, the, for the Americans, definitely. right? So I mean, Cookie Niemi could be there, too. <laughs> uh, no, I don't, I don't, I don't, no, I don't I mean, he wouldn't, but he's eligible. Uh, but, yeah, yeah, I, 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 I see your point. But uh, on uh, to go back to Romanov, other news that happened since we uh, lasted our podcast is Bergevin had his meeting with him in Russia, and uh, uh, by all accounts, because obviously it's, it's pretty obvious that the, his Russian team wants to do everything they can to keep him there. But uh, from accounts from from a few kind of KHL uh, beat reporters and all that, it seems to be that uh, it went well the meeting between Romanov, and the expectation is that he should hopefully play in. Uh, in Montreal next year. Hopefully, I mean, yeah, that's that seems to be uh, what what people are thinking. I mean, obviously, CSKA is going to be uh, going to do everything they can yeah. in their powers to, to not make that happen. Well, you mentioned earlier happen. before we started the podcast that the, the first game after the meeting, all of a sudden he's playing top minutes. Yeah, exactly, he, was, he played uh, I think over twenty minutes, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so I mean, that's that's pretty crazy, especially yeah. for a twenty year old uh, yeah. or nineteen year old even uh, playing in the KHL. So I'm, I'm sure they're going to do everything they can to make sure that they don't lose him. Um, 
I mean, is Romanov ready to, to take the leap into the NHL next year? I mean, I guess I guess we'll be seeing over the next few months if he signs or not. Well, because he's not going to come over to play in the, in no, the AHL, not. obviously. No. Uh, so you're going to have to give him his... I, I mean, you look at the left side of the Canadians and yeah. the hype around Romanov, the way he played in the last World Junior Tournament, and I mean, assuming he has a good tournament this year. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he wasn't... If he, if he was in North America right now, do you not think he'd be starting for the Canadians? Ah, uh, I mean, I don't know, it's it's tough to say. I mean, <laughs> he hasn't played in the NHL. Well, I, I, no, I, I, mean, I get that, but like you know, but like edu- educated guess, like it, when, you got to think so. I mean, when you yeah. look at like especially now the Mete's down, yeah. you know, like I think regardless if he's ready or not, they'll make if he signs, they're gonna make room for him because I exactly. mean, there's no way he's gonna go to the AHL. Exactly, you gotta make I mean, him happy, and I'm 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 excited to see him to see him come to to Montreal because that if he can come to Montreal. And be uh, as good as he potentially could be, considering the the, the hype we're gonna have around him with how good he's played, and the the fact that he's already played high caliber ho- hockey in the KHL, it, it could be a, a a huge, huge, huge addition for the Canadians. Yeah, definitely. It's it's their biggest weakness, without a doubt. I mean, yeah, everyone can agree with that. Yeah. yeah, definitely. So I mean, uh, I mean, I, you can't expect them to jump in and just be the savior for the Canadians next year, but I think he could definitely make uh, definitely make a difference. Who's going to be better, Mete or Romanov? Romanov, definitely. How quickly? <laughs> I mean, not probably not right away, but I think relatively fast. I mean, uh, relatively quickly, I think Romanov could uh, could overtake Mete on the left side. All right, finally have a partner for uh, for Shea Weber, unless that's Ben Sherratt. Oh, well, maybe the way that it's looking, maybe. I mean, he's, I mean he, if he can keep it up uh, like he's been doing, uh, it, it will be. So I think that pretty much covers it. I don't know if there's other prospect news. Like we've already mentioned, Cole Coffey got a couple goals recently, which was good to see. Aside from that, I yeah, mean, that's uh, that's pretty much it. Waiting uh, for the World Juniors. Yeah, we'll go waiting for the World Juniors. Uh, we'll go into. Uh, oh, last thing I mean, we have. Uh, well, the goaltender they drafted this year in the fifth round, Frederick Decau, is playing in the World Juniors, but Division Two, the D One A. Um, which is starting, I think, I think it started yesterday actually. So uh, we'll have to see how he performs. Hopefully, uh, hopefully he'll he'll be able to perform well for Denmark. But uh, yeah, aside from that, that's pretty much it, guys. All right. So as always, follow us up, follow us on Twitter at the Habs Forum. Uh, keep sending us those questions. Uh, we love it. And you just, we don't need to do as much prep when we get questions. <laughs> we can just answer the questions. Uh, and uh, if you could go. Like us and uh, give us a review on whatever platform you use. iTunes is always the one that uh, uh, pops the most. Uh, we haven't had a review in a few weeks. I mean, I'd like to read a new review. Maybe another one that criticizes how I say Dubois' name, even though I say it properly. But whatever. Uh, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll talk to you next week.